You are listening to More Than a Season podcast with Ashley and Brittany. Join us as we walk through what life is like supporting someone within the sports industry. Real, authentic, behind-the-scenes look at what the support system experiences but no one discusses. Grab a drink, sit back and listen because we are about to get real. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Stop listening. Press pause. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, scroll down to the ratings and reviews. Select five stars and give us a review. And if you're on Spotify, click our podcast page and click follow and download to listen to all of our episodes. Thanks so much. Enjoy this episode. Welcome back, everyone. Hey, friends. We are back and ready for another interview. So we're going to let her introduce herself. Hi, guys. I'm Ashley. I am a coach's kid currently living in L.A., California. My dad is out at NC State in North Carolina, so opposite sides of the country, but I'm excited to talk about my experience growing up as a coach's kid and kind of talk to everyone on here. So Ashley and I actually, I love her name, by the way, (laughs) we actually went to the same college. And so that is how we met. We've actually never sat down and had like a full conversation, but our paths are always crossed just because of football. So we are excited to dive deep into that. But I kind of want to hear about how you grew up and how you first started to realize, wow, my dad's job is a little bit different than everyone else's dad's jobs. Yes, no doubt. So originally, I'm from Texas. I was born in Houston. My dad was a coach at Rice. That's where he got his start um, at Rice University. He was a GA there and then got promoted as a full-time coach. So my mom was pregnant with me, and then he actually got a job at Duke in North Carolina. So my mom's eight months pregnant. Dad gets a new job, moves out to North Carolina. So Didn't live in Texas very long, moved out to North Carolina, lived there for seven years while my dad was at Duke. Then around first grade, he got a new job at Oklahoma State, where me and Ashley met, where we went to the same college. So he coached there for 11 years, which is a very long time, really unheard of in the college coaching world. So I'm very thankful for that, that I was able to be there for so long. Yeah, that's really, really cool. And when you guys moved from Duke to Oklahoma State, what was that conversation like with your parents? Like, what do you remember from that moment? I was still kind of young, like like I said, like first grade, but I remember my parents were like, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna move across the country to this place called Oklahoma. I was like, what? <laughs> Telling all my friends, I'm going on an airplane to move somewhere, you know, like I didn't know what the heck was going on. But as I got older, even though my dad was at Oklahoma State for those 11 years, anytime he was up for a job, or had a phone call where he thought, you know, I might be moving. He always sat down with me and talked to me about it. You know, how do I feel about this? You know, he always took me into consideration as well as my mom, which I so appreciated. A lot of men in this industry and women too, you know, they can be selfish and really looking out for only them and their career. They just want to be successful. They don't really think about how it affects the wife, the kids, the extended family, you know, not getting to see them on Christmas and Thanksgiving and things like that. But my dad was always good about having open communication and really wanted to make sure that I was happy. He really cares about me, which I love. Obviously, I love my dad. He's the best. But I mean, even to this day, he still communicates with me. I'm 26, almost 27. And he'll call me and be like, yeah, so I'm up for a few jobs, you know, some interviews here and there. So we've always had good dialogue. High school, that was like the main thing. He always promised me. He was like, I'll never make you move after high school. Once I started freshman year, he was like, I promise I'm not going to, you know, yank you out in the middle of sophomore year. That, I mean, granted, if you get fired, you can't really help that. But he's like, if I have a chance to stay, I'm going to stay. I'm not going to leave. 
So that was great. He followed through on that promise. He got a new job halfway through my senior year, but he left and let me stay, you know, those last four months to finish out. Yeah. When you stayed for those last four months, was it staying with a friend or did your mom stay back as well? How did y'all make that work? Yeah. So my mom, she stayed with me, of course, you know, when you get a new job as a coach, it's like, bam, like you pretty much have like five days to get all your stuff and get out there. So then your wife and your kids are left behind. Like, okay, I got to sell the house, pack up the house, find a new house. I was just curious with that transition because you went to Stillwater High School, which is in Stillwater, and then went to Oklahoma State. So that is very close to home. So growing up in that atmosphere with a college town and growing up with a lot of football, it is 24-7 football. So did you have an interest in that just naturally growing up? Or was it one of those things that as you got older, you're like, hey, I kind of appreciate this now. (laughs) Oh, I've always loved football. You know, I was always at the games, always wanting to learn more, always interested in the game. But yeah, growing up in Stillwater was interesting, especially with OSU and my dad being a coach, you know, there's good and there's bad. You know, it's great getting to go to the games and it's like, oh, great game. But then when there's a crappy game and they're like, hey, what the heck happened last week? And I'm just like, I can't, you know, I don't know. I'm not the coach. I'm not the players. I can't tell you. But yeah, I actually have funny memories of my dad, especially when I got older and like some of the guys that I went to school with were getting recruited by Oklahoma State. So my dad would like come to the high school and pull kids out of my class, talking to them, you know, about scholarships and stuff. So that was, that was pretty cool. That's cool that you were in a college town too, but you also like you were in high school there. Did you have any coaches kids that you were friends with? And if so, if they like left or anything, what was that transition like? So with my dad being at Oklahoma State for 11 years, he was there with two different head coaches. So the first one was Les Miles. We had a great staff. Everybody was all the same age, pretty much. Like there was probably four or five girls my age and then boys our age too. So that was great having kids all the same age. But then when he left in like 2002 or maybe 2004, I'm sorry, something like that, we got a whole new staff came in and it was just my dad and coach Gandhi were the only two guys left. So it was me and Gavin and his little brothers. So I'm really close with them still to this day. They're like my family since I grew up with them. But yeah, I made a lot of friends through that. My friend Lindsay, her dad was there for a few years, then left, but we stayed in contact and she ended up being my college roommate. So that was really cool. It was like, she lived in Stillwater, but she also lived in Ohio and Florida and Michigan and lived everywhere, but she knew she wanted to come back to Oklahoma for school. So it was really cool to have, you know, another coach's kid living with me during college, both of our dads being college coaches. Her dad was the head coach at Illinois at the time. My dad was at West Virginia. So we both were like going to Oklahoma State, big football school, but then also dealing with our dads and their school on Saturdays. You know, we'd have game day, tailgates at the house, you know, watching each of our dad's games plus OSU. So it was it was a cool experience for sure. Yeah, that's super neat that your roommate had the exact same kind of lifestyle to an extent. I've never heard of somebody getting to live with another coach's kid. So that's really neat. I do want to talk about your husband. So you just couldn't get away from the sports industry. You were just like, if it's not going to be football, it's going to be something else. So I want to hear how you and your husband met and then how that whole relationship just took off. So Corey and I met in middle school. (laughs) We've been together for like, 13 years now I think something like that married for five so we've been together for a long time he was the cute little blonde boy that played baseball and football of course so I like that and it's been good to have him through this whole process too you know 
being a coach's kid, it's nice to have, you know, a husband that's there for you or a boyfriend or whatever during those hard times, you know, he was always there for me no matter what. But yeah, you know, he, he ended up pursuing baseball and then played in college, played at Oklahoma state. And then he was like, yeah, so I think I want to be a coach. And I was like, sure. Why not? I mean, I'm used to it. Let's yeah, let's do it. Being a coach's kid was great. I'll be a coach's wife. So yeah, baseball, it's a little bit different than football. Their season is a lot longer. They have a lot more games, a lot more time away actually from the family, if you can believe that, because you think football, they're gone a lot, but baseball, he's gone a lot too. So yeah, that was, that was hard. Honestly, the transition from being a coach's kid to a coach's wife was hard for me. Being a coach's kid is awesome. And you get all the perks of, oh, look at my dad and Christmas at the bowl game and all these fun things. But then as a wife, you're like, oh my gosh, 10 days without my husband. It's not so much fun. Yeah, that's really tough. And so did he stay in baseball long or what did, what did that look like for you guys? Yeah, not too long. He coached at KU for two years. He was a GA there. And then he got a job at Missouri State in Springfield, Missouri. He was their first base coach and helped with hitting and all of that. And he liked it. But I don't know if he loved it enough for what he was sacrificing. And that's the difference. It's, do you love it enough to sacrifice that time away from your family, not having holidays, like all of those things. And bottom line is, if you're helping kids, yeah, it is worth it. But for him at the moment, it was just, you know, he wasn't really in love with it. So that's when we were like, okay, let's move out to California and see where life takes us. And he's always liked golf. And that's what he got in the golf industry. And now we're, now we're here. No, that's awesome. And I do want to touch on the point that I think that that's really amazing that your husband kind of just analyzed, like, is this something that I really want to pour all of my time and what those priorities are? Because it's not for everyone. And I think that that is something that, you know, needs to be pointed out as well. And going back, you did say having Christmas at a bowl game. So I want to know what that was like, because I know OSU went to a bunch. So growing up... What was some memories with Christmas at the bowl games? I loved it, honestly. Maybe because I don't know any different. When my dad was at Duke, I was still kind of young and they went to like one bowl game. So I spent a few Christmases at home with my grandparents and cousins and it was fun. It was great, you know, having the family together. But anytime there was a bowl game, I was happy because that meant my dad was succeeding in his job. And I was like, this is what I want for him. I want him to succeed. I want us as a family, you know, to succeed. And they've always been so fun. I mean, as a kid, they make it such a great experience. You get to fly on the team plane. Like, you know, as a seven-year-old, I'm like, this is so cool. You know, a private charter to a bowl game. And then you get there and you got your own hotel room and they have activities planned for you. So Christmas day, I might've been at SeaWorld when you were, you know, at home with your parents by the Christmas tree, which is great. Everybody has their own vision of Christmas. But to me, it was like, if I'm out in some city I've never been to, like, that's a good thing. I want to be somewhere just with my parents experiencing all these new things you know it was a good thing that's a really great perspective and it's really good to hear I'm sure for a lot of these women they have little ones that are growing up in this lifestyle so that's really inspiring to hear that it does make a difference and these memories are something you're going to cherish what do you guys do now that your dad's still coaching but you guys are living obviously you're adults you're grown up now what do you guys do for Christmas still I go see my parents since I'm an only child I'm very like, spend time with my parents on Christmas, just because it's always been just me and them, especially with the bowl games, you know, us three always together, never had that big Christmas. So yeah, we still go out there this year because of COVID, obviously no bowl game, 
but the year before when my dad was at USC they went to a bowl game and me and my husband we were we were here and went to it and it was so fun so I will probably continue to go to bowl games for the rest of my life with Mike once I have kids I'll be bringing them with me be like go and pause bowl games here and buckle up No, I love that because I think that, you know, family is huge and that you continue to do that. It's, you know, it's wonderful. I would never stop doing that either. And I'm one of four and I'm still like, okay, where's Christmas? Where are we going to be? So I completely (laughs) understand. I do want to hear if there's a memory about a certain game or something that sticks out where you remember talking to your dad either afterwards or something. And there was that conversation where you're like, wow. There's probably a few. One I can remember for sure was Bedlam 2011, Oakland State, the crap out of OU. It was literally the best game ever, especially when you're an OSU fan or coach or anybody involved in OSU. Anytime you beat OU, it's great. But especially in football, it's like we never beat them. It's like one every 10 years we'll beat OU. And everybody stormed the field. So, of course, I'm down there, me and my cousin's in town, and we're like, the game clock's down to zero and we start sprinting I'm like sprinting to my dad and I run in his arms and he hugs me and he's like we did it and I was like yeah so it was such a great moment like oh I'm like tearing up but it was great <laughs> that's that awesome. so cool I love that I just got the chills thinking about it and I wasn't even there so <laughs> what is something that you remember that was really hard about being a coach's kid like what's the hardest thing that you had to go through there's probably two well a lot of things honestly the media And social media, now that it's bigger, it's even worse. You know, reading things about your dad that you know aren't true and hurtful, that's hard, really hard. I mean, or your spouse, you know, if you're married to someone, that's hard. So I've learned not to look at that. So that's a tip for anyone. Don't read what people say. It doesn't matter. They don't know all the hard work that goes into this and the amount of time and effort. My dad doesn't have a day off. He takes calls all hours of the night. So I've also learned, you know, in the stands, sitting at games try not to listen to the fans either I've had a lot of bad experiences there's been times where I've turned around and been like that's my dad can you just please be quiet (laughs) I do remember one time as a young young kid when one time fans spit on us and that was a very yeah that was a very horrible experience but I learned from that that you know what I don't want to be a fan like that and I'm glad I don't act like that I'm glad our fans don't act like that but yeah just listening to what other people say is definitely the hardest thing you, you tell yourself not to look at it but how can you not you know it's the negative is so much louder than the positive so it's just it's easier to hear that but then I have to think you know my dad is changing kids lives you know people think, oh, football is just a game. But in reality, like some of these kids, that's all they have. Like in order for them to succeed in life, football is like their stepping stone. It's their platform to move on to bigger and better things. Whether they're an NFL player, which I know it's 0.001% that that could happen, but making those connections, you know, being a coach or all different kinds of things. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. That's a great response because I think that Brittany and I talk about it all the time is that there are these young kids that are put up on this platform and yes, it's a game on Saturday or whatever it may be, but all these fans and people, they forget that these kids are like 18 and 19 years old and they're very impressionable age. And that's not only just the coach's job to win a game, but to also mold them into being amazing gentlemen. And so I think that that's great that even as a coach's kid, you you grew up with that mindset of like, dad is changing these kids' future. And that is what our mission is, not just to put points up on a scoreboard at the end of the week. But I do want to ask with 
school and things like that did you have kids that you know would come up and ask you questions like in high school like oh you lost what's going to happen with your dad like just nosy questions that you had to deal with that most kids probably never had to experience oh yeah for sure I, I dealt with that all the time it was constant like oh I heard your dad's up for this job or oh did he get fired or oh what happened to his player or it's constant I I've always had that sometimes you know it's great like you like the attention you know when you're young you're like oh yeah I'm the inside scoop to OSU football but in reality it's like okay I've had enough of this like no I'm done so what's something that you would tell your younger self or someone that's a coach's kid or somebody that maybe has a young one that they're trying to instill something within them that will build them for the future what's something that you would tell them block out the noise don't worry about what other people are saying or doing just focus on your family and Focus on what your dad is doing. Like, like I said, changing kids' lives, that's what matters at the end of the day. Wins, losses, it doesn't matter. I mean, it does to keep your job, but at the end of the day, I think of the memories of my dad and his players. I'm still close with to this day. There's players that I consider my family members that came over for dinner, you know. It's that family atmosphere that I love about the football world. And I think that's a wonderful reminder to all of the kiddos or moms listening because there is this fear in the back of their mind. How are we supposed to handle this? I mean, we have each other as a community, but it's just you see the outside and it's so different than this world that we live in. And so we appreciate you having you on and just telling your story and being open and honest. So glad I got to come talk to you guys. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this interview on More Than a Season podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at More Than a Season underscore Women's Guide for the latest updates. You can also follow our personal Instagram accounts at Ashley M. Kramer and Britt Labby. We would love it if you would download, subscribe, and leave us a review on your choice of platform. Thank you so much. See you next time.